0: Conquerors, this is Mike here. We got Tim over there and uh, Josh as well. So this hello, is hello. Conquering Columbus. And uh guys, how are we doing? I'm tired, man. I'm not gonna lie. Tired? Yeah.
1: Tired? Been a long week. That it was weird. Is it was like Monday. Felt like it was three days, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's now it's Thursday. So, like having a job is very, very. I love it, but it's very strange. It just like somebody texted me the other day, and they're like, "Well, it, tomorrow's Friday," and I was like no, I do like that mentality of like, you know, just working for the weekend. I was like, I cannot be that person. So I I had a little bit of a wake up call, but other than that, things are pretty, I mean, all things considered, things are pretty good. Uh, yeah,
2: I do, I do hate that mentality. Honestly, I, like the, I think the reason that I like working on the weekends and working like a lot is because I never am chasing Friday because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Friday's just another day. I'm going to work more. So like it forces me to find things that I appreciate and other elements of my day.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I agree with that 100%. Right now, I look forward to the weekends because I've been on a golf kick. But, you know, I think that for me actually what determines my mood more than anything is the weather. Like if it's rainy out and I'm always going to be tired and I have to slog through it when the weather's bad and I hate not being able to see sun. It might just be a byproduct of growing up in a place where the sun always mm-hmm. shines, well, but Mike's,
2: Mike's shameless. I'm, I was born in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Plug. Where right. were you born? Are you, are you, uh, you tell us?
0: Nobody knows, right? If you're uh, actually, out there actually, listening,
2: you might not known this from the last if, if 217 guys- <laughs> episodes, but I was actually born in San Diego. See, I
1: could give you a hard time, but I've been the opposite of that my mm-hmm. whole life. I was the guy from Ohio that lived in California yep. or anywhere else, and I would always let like if somebody liked something, I would let them know, like you know he was born there, or yeah, you yeah. know you know where they're from, right? Right. Like, and they just got so annoyed with me. So I obviously I'm just gonna keep doing it more of course and we had that today when we were talking about the uh, the bringing down of the statues you know mm-hmm. they bring on two of the three christopher columbus statues and people were fighting and whatnot and i was just saying let's just name it flavor town you know guy fieri's from here so that just reminded me of that anytime something happens i gotta remind them, you know if i'm not in columbus i'm like we're responsible for that
0: flavor town ohio i mm-hmm. like it i Seems like fitting. it but uh so today on the show guys we had uh, todd king joining us of sky climber and, uh, it's, it's a great interview. Todd has a lot of experience with Sky Climber, and they've done some really cool things in terms of expanding their company and working with a lot of different industries. So they took something small and grew it a lot. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think there's gonna be a lot of really good content here that people are going to learn a lot from.
2: Yeah, I think it was a cool story from the sense of, uh, I mean, the, the whole aspect from how he got started, though, in the beginning, and he he worked with an individual that became a mentor, and they ended up acquiring the business. Then he did some sweat equity and became, you know, where he is today. So it's, um, especially if you're, you know, 24 to 36 years old, the majority of our listenership out there, and you're interested in eventually running a business, this is a, a pretty interesting and clever path to go about doing that, and a successful one, at the least.
1: Yeah, it's a good story of betting on
0: yourself. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as usual, guys, hope you enjoy the episode. Hope you learn a lot. And we'll talk to you in a minute. This is Conquering Columbus. It's falling through the air. and I fell 450 feet through the air before I slammed into the mountain the first time.
2: Hey there, Conquerors. Today on the show, we have Cameron Mitchell of Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. One of our goals is to be better today than we were yesterday and better tomorrow than we are today, and that goal stays the same 24-7, 365.
0: Jenny Brittenbauer of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. I'm truly never comfortable. When I'm comfortable, I'm bored. I just have to keep going. Only when you're a little bit scared are you in a place where you're about to learn something. We're explorers, and explorers are making discoveries because they
1: are going places where people haven't before.
2: Greg Odin. Push yourself. You know, We hear about a lot of people who in the times that they've struggled and pushed themselves the most is
0: when they figured out the most about themselves. Donato's Jane Abel.
1: We have a umbrella idea of agape capitalism, which is about doing business and doing it with love and giving back to the community and I believe in our product but more importantly I believe in our people
0: The Ohio State University President Dr. Michael Drake When you really take yourself
3: to your limit and then push yourself to do your very best
0: Pelotonia CEO Doug Ullman There's this genuine pride for things that were born and raised in Columbus and that's awesome At the same time there's this beautiful Midwest humility People don't necessarily care about who gets credit White Castle CEO Lisa Ingram
2: This human being I think we really like stability and doing things the same, but everybody knows you don't really grow. And so the other great thing about human beings is we want to learn new things.
0: Urban Meyer.
3: There's one guarantee in this world, and that's hard work will be rewarded. And hard work, you have to embrace this comfort. I love how you said that, live uncomfortably. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey
0: there, conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conqueror Columbus Podcast. Today on the show, we've got Todd King joining us, and Todd is a VP and partner at Skyclimber LLC. The Sky Climber brand represents a multinational family of companies brought together to meet a variety of safe access needs across several business verticals and Through its various businesses, SkyClimber delivers products and services across several work-at-height industries, including renewable energy, telecommunications, aerospace, industrial, and commercial. And Todd has been working with SkyClimber since 2005. Prior to that, he spent time with Ashland, Inc. We're excited to have Todd on the show today, learn more about his journey and SkyClimber. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Todd. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here as well. And, you know, typically one of the first places we like to start is just get a little background on yourself and uh, everything leading up to today. So anything highlights along the way from childhood all the way to where we're at
3: now? Sure. Uh, I grew up in a very rural area in eastern Ohio. I went to a county school, high school. I was real active in sports and a lot of the things that you do back in those days, uh, 4-H sports, that kind of thing. But uh, once I graduated, I went to Ohio State and got an undergraduate degree in marketing Uh, Graduated from Ohio State in 1988, and uh, then after college, went to work for Dow Chemical in Midland, Michigan uh, in their commercial development program. That was really a neat experience. They had a tremendous training program, so went to live in Midland for six months, and went through a number of different training venues through them, and then ultimately was moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where I picked up a sales position after a year's worth of training. Spent about five years in Cleveland for Dow Chemical, uh, covering the Midwest in a sales role, calling on distributors and large end users. And it really was, again, a great experience out of college because of the training they provided us and the resources that were given and really worked out very well. But after about five years at I was in a dual-career situation with my wife, so it was time to go back to Midland in a marketing job and, and being an Ohio State fan, that wasn't really appealing to me, plus a dual-career situation. So actually, we reached out in, in Ashland Chemical here in Dublin, Ohio. Went to work for them in a similar position, in a sales position, and covered east of the Mississippi, basically. It had a very large territory, Eastern Canada, so was on the road a lot, traveled, got real familiar with the airlines, but worked a number of different positions within Ashland after a a year or two in sales, went into a marketing role. From there, became a national sales manager for him. From that time, after that, became a business manager and then a global marketing manager. So that was about 2005. But all along, the whole time, even in high school and college, I always had this desire to be an entrepreneur and just saw people that were doing that, was fascinated by that, and just felt like that was what I always wanted to do. But when I graduated from college and went to work in the corporate world, I felt like that was the best way to go at the time just to get the business training and the experience. And so that's what I did. But again, I just always had this this desire to be entrepreneur. And one of the reasons why we came back to Columbus, I got my MBA when I came back to Columbus, but one of the reasons why we came back here was to pursue that opportunity But it's interesting when you get in the corporate world and things are going real well and you're moving through different positions and you're being challenged and you just get kind of caught up in that. And that's what happened. And so a lot of things were transpiring at Ashland where they were going through some changes, brought in a new management team. Uh, That was the time of the at the time when a lot of the big companies were getting rid of their pensions. And it just, when looking back on it, was the best thing that ever happened to me because it really motivated me to go after the passion that I had, and that was to be a business owner. So the story behind that part was I started calling around to accountants and attorneys, business owners, and had this pitch. I would go to them and say, hey, do you know any clients of yours that are close to retirement or looking for an exit strategy? Because I really didn't have any money. Uh, to, you know, didn't have enough money to go out and start buying businesses by any stretch. Uh, so I was looking for that owner who wanted an exit strategy, didn't really have one, and would, would enable me to come in and, and buy them out over time. And so that went on for a number of years where I was looking around, even, you know, early days, all the way up until it finally happened. And uh, so that was an interesting experience. And ultimately, how I, you know, got into doing what I am today.
2: Really creative route to go about uh, either starting your own business or acquiring a business is reaching out to people and figuring out what their exit strategy is and doing you know buyout strategies and buying outright. So as you were looking at that, it wasn't like you were going to buy this business and get all of the investment and in a return right up front. You knew it was going to be a long-term play. You were still okay with that, even though the work that you knew would go in. Did you feel confident in your skills that you acquired over your entire corporate career that you could you could take a company and you could grow it substantially based on your skill set?
3: Yeah, I felt like the, the experiences that I had in the, in the different roles in the corporate world, had really set me up well. Again, the training, the experiences were fantastic. It, as it turns out, that's not what happened as far as how I became an entrepreneur. Really, the story behind that is I was talking to a, a gentleman who, who was a commercial real estate broker, and he just happened to say to me, goes, I know this guy that owns some commercial buildings. He has a bunch of build- businesses. Why don't you give him a call? And so I called him and I went through my spiel and I went through this whole spiel. I'll never forget this. And after, after I was done with it, the the guy, my partner now says, why'd you call me? So we went back through it again and, and we just kind of hit it off on the phone it was just out of the blue. I called him and, and to his credit, he says, you know, let's get together for breakfast. I've got this idea. And so I did. I met him for breakfast and he had a business model that just, Excited me to know. I mean, I, he was right on with what, what I was thinking. And so we started talking, meeting for breakfast for six months, maybe every couple of weeks or something like that. And we were talking about this. And, and as it turns out, while we were talking, he was working on purchasing a company called SkyClimber, which was located down in Stone Mountain, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. And wanted to know, hey, is this something you would be interested in? And I, I was. And again, the way he was thinking about the business model, And I can come back to that in a little bit, but um, you know, I went in with him. You know, he bought the business. We went in as a partnership, and and I've got another partner today, and and that was really the genesis. Sky Climber was the initial company that we bought. It was a small company uh, doing about five million dollars in sales. Had a factory in Belgium, very small factory in Belgium, and like I said, one in a small one in. Stone Mountain, Georgia, but it was really struggling. I mean, it was, it's credit line at the time we were paying, they were paying 18% interest on their credit line to tell you how bad a shape they were in. So we, we, didn't realize probably as bad a shape as it was. But we, what we did know is it had a phenomenal brand recognition and it had been around since 1955. No matter where you went in the world, when you mentioned Sky Climber, it was almost like they knew the company if they were in the industry. It had that kind of brand recognition. It just had really declined over the years. So we bought it and jumped full, went in both feet.
0: Our first sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. So what excited you about the company, you know, 18% interest rates is pretty rough, but what made you, you know, what was it the biggest thing that you saw? Like, Hey, this is what we can change. This is something we can do to turn things around here. And I'm guessing it probably had something to do with that vision that your partner had.
3: Yes. He had been doing business in in China for for a number of years, um, and and actually had built up a, a nice manufacturing base in in China at the time. And and the business model was, you know, again, this is you got to think back at the early two thousands. Uh, a lot of the large companies had already moved there; uh, they had acquired low cost manufacturing, whether it was there or somewhere else in the world. But what was happening is a lot of the small to medium sized companies in the U.S. couldn't compete anymore, and so we. The business model was well, let's use that those outsourcing capabilities to source parts. Let's keep all the man, let's keep the knowledge, the man, the management, the sales, the marketing, the business secrets, all those sort of things in the states, and and bring manufacturing here, but but bring low cost parts in that would allow us to be cost competitive with the bigger manufacturers. But at the same time, we were a small company. So we could be very flexible. We could react quickly to market conditions, to new business opportunities. And so that was the model. And, and actually, the initial thought was, let's do one company, get that turned around, and then go do another one, and another one, another one, you know, and, and we would just grow that way. And... Um, we didn't. It, that, as it turns out, that's not how we ended up growing, but that was the original model and, and why we were successful at Skyclimber. The other thing we did is, you know, you take a company like that that's struggling, they didn't really have much when it came to resources. They didn't have engineering support, sales support, manufacturing. You know, they, they were just struggling. So the first thing, you know, we did is came in and, and brought new structure to them, invested in inventory, invested in manufacturing. Actually, within a year, we built a new factory in Delaware, Ohio, and uh, moved the whole business up to there in a brand new factory, and 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 really plowed all the money we were making in the business right back into it, and did that for years and years and years, and still doing it today. And that's it's really helped fund and grow the businesses that we have.
2: So, as you guys look back at the early days when you first uh, went through the acquisition, what did that look like? Were there any struggles beginning? Like, what what did the zero to one look like to getting the business in a position where you guys finally felt confident and were excited about it?
3: <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. It was um funny story. I remember when I, you know, left the corporate world or when I came home and was talking to my wife and said, Hey, I'm gonna leave the job I'm in and and everything that we gone here and, and we're gonna go buy this business. And, you know, to her credit, she's extremely supportive. But I know she she had to in the back of her mind, think I lost my lost my mind. Um, so yeah, like I said before, we bought the business and we went down there and, and being in Stone Mountain, Georgia, so we had an apartment down there for the first year. And, and it was, if I, it was a struggle. I mean, we were just trying to just get to break even. And for the first couple of years, um, you know, you'd know, you have a good month and then a bad month and a good month and a bad month. And, and and also moving the company from Atlanta then to Ohio, it was tremendous turnover of people. Some people came by back with us uh, actually the people were extremely supportive and, and a lot of people came up, actually helped us move the business and then went back and stayed with us during that transition. But it still was all new people. You know, when you're, when you're turning that kind of people over, there's a learning curve. So it was, it was a grind. I'm not, to be very honest with you. It was, it was really tough. And, but we just, we, we saw the opportunities there. We saw the vision of what that company could be in the markets that we were in. And we just kept working at it and working at it and working at it. And every little win adds to another win. And it is, it is amazing how you get some momentum going and then the wins become a little bigger and then a little bigger and then other opportunities come at you. And And that's that's what it took for the first two, three years.
2: So you guys look back on that. If you can take one thing that that you did during that phase as you're moving the business back, is there one thing that you can focus on that you say, like, if if I could only go back and do... One thing this entire business, I couldn't do all the other little things that we did, things that you did that eventually led to success. So if you look back, is there is there one or two that really stick out?
3: Well, this is true for all of our businesses. It really comes down to the people. We hired some fantastic people, brought a business partner on who came to us with a lot of experience, hired people in, from the industry who had been very successful, and surrounded ourselves with people that were smarter than us in the industry. And... That was, that's probably the number one thing that we've done throughout our careers with these different businesses is when we get the right people in place, things happen. Good things happen.
1: Yeah. That's the best, that's the best advice I think you can give anybody starting off. Yeah. Uh, I had a mentor very early on tell me a hole is better than an asshole when I was, <laughs> I remember I was dealing with somebody that I thought, cause there's two sides to it. You know, when you see, uh, they say, don't focus on what somebody can't do. Look at what they can do. Yeah. You know, everybody's ne- the negative side. It's like, well, what is he good at? Or what is she good at? And let's worry about that rather than fixing it. And I think I was looking at that too much. And she was telling me how it's better to get rid of the wrong person and just have a hole filled with needs than somebody who's the wrong person trying to fit, you know, that circle into a square or whatever. Right. So, yeah, that if you're like if somebody starting a business or anything in that world, a mentorship, anything, finding the right person and surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, they might not always on paper. Like you could teach their skills. You can teach somebody, but you can't teach a mindset. And so I think that's that's, that's such, right. Brilliant advice to anybody.
3: Yeah. If if you can bring people on that are, you know, want to make a difference, that are committed to the business, that are invested in the business, you know, with their effort, it really does make things happen. I I remember one time I had a CEO tell me, he used a military term. He says, you know, we're going to carry the wounded. We're going to shoot the deserters, and uh, if you think about it, it, makes a lot of sense. You know, there are there's people in your organization who need help, whether it's they need resources or they need training or they need things that you can provide to make them successful, or help them be successful. And then there's individuals that just don't want to be successful. They, you know, they're just they're there for uh, to do the minimum mm-hmm. and and get along. And and so if you can if you can surround yourself with the people who who want to make a difference. It gets a lot easier, yep, absolutely.
0: yeah, it reminds me of the Kite brothers, right? He came in to coach us during wrestling. and you know, you hear Meyer talking about it, a lot about it too, is you know, are you above the line, on the line or below the line, right? And if you're employees, right? So if you're above the line, that means you're doing all the right things, you're you're pushing and you're continuing to grow. But if you're below the line, obviously we all know that that is unacceptable, but then you also have people that are on that line and those are the ones that are the hard ones to figure out because yeah. they're they're doing just enough to be on the line but they're not really pushing over it
2: headquartered here in columbus ohio one of our sponsors social ventures they offer resources programs and accelerators in social enterprise and they act as a primary network for social enterprise activity in central ohio you can learn more at socialventurecbus.com that's com. So as you guys look at Skyclimber today, you know, where were you at when you first acquired the business? And where are we at today versus employees and markets and products and the umbrella companies underneath?
3: Well, I mentioned earlier that our, you know, our business model was to go out and acquire businesses that were struggling and, and grow that way. What's been fascinating for me is when I was in the corporate world, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I kept looking around and looking around. But you know what happens is you're in this corporate world and you're so focused on your role and doing that role, it just felt like, man, I couldn't find any opportunities. I would ask around, but it just wasn't obvious. Once I stepped off that platform and, and we bought SkyClimber and started going down the road to fix that business, it was amazing how opportunities opened up. It Things that I just never saw before. And that's how we ended up growing our businesses today is, at the time, we had this uh, Sky Climber had this little rental facility in the back of the factory in Atlanta, and we looked at that and said, you know, that's really interesting. Why don't we expand that and 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 sell to ourselves and kind of go down vertically, integrate forward into the in the channel, and so we started expanding into other rental facilities, basically selling to ourselves, and that today is is what we call Sky Climber Access Solutions. It's a rental company. It's got eleven branches all over the U.S. and in in Panama, uh, and it's been tremendously successful for us. And but again, it was just that we saw that opportunity. Said, "Wow, why aren't we doing that?" And and we saw holes. You know, we have dealers. We, we do business in about eighty different countries today. And but in the U.S., we had holes all over the country at the time. It was the company was struggling, and there were markets like Los Angeles and. Houston and Chicago, where we really didn't have representation, so we could went we could go out and try to bring on a dealer, a distributor, or we could just start our own. And where it made sense, we started our own. And you know, like any entrepreneur, you're going to have some successes and you're going to have some mm-hmm. failures along the way. Again, I'll come back to the one where we when we found the right people to run these branches, they've been tremendously successful.
2: It's funny. It's like it's something that uh, I've never started company myself, but just relating it to my own aspects of life and things that have worked out well, you know, I couldn't sit back and predict that that was the path that was going to do. But if I didn't stop moving the things that start to unfold for you, if you're just doing the right things along the way and enjoying the process. And it sounds like that was very much what's what's happened with you guys so far. So as you look at present day, you know, what is what is the biggest focus for you guys? What are the big initiatives that you're working
3: on? Well, our, our largest division today is is renewables. Um, Again, that's a similar story. Uh, We were called by GE at the time and they said, hey, we've got these wind turbines we need to fix. How can we get up there and and fix those blades without bringing them to the ground? These things are 300 foot tall. The blades themselves are 100 foot long. And in the past, they would always hire a crane. It was tremendously expensive for them to go up and and, and actually bring the blade to the ground and fix it. So they asked us to come out. We looked at it and figured out a way that we could take our suspended access equipment and actually take the people to the blade and do the fix and repairs. And, And so, like I was saying before, it was just an opportunity opened up. So they started renting our equipment to do these repairs. The next year they came to us and said, you know what? We don't want to operate this equipment. Would you send a guy along with your equipment to get our technicians up there. And then, so we did that. So we basically started renting people. And then the next year they came to us and said, you know, your guys always show up on time. They're not hungover. They're professional, you know, and all this stuff. Would you just do the repairs for us? And it was, you know, that like commercial. Sure, we can do that. And how are we going to do that? And so uh,
2: I'd hire them here at Conquering Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> crew that we got over here.
3: So we actually went out the industry and hired, you know, some of the top notch people in in that industry, and they brought in and we started training people and hiring people. And today, you know, that's a that's an organization of core renewables business, well over two hundred people, two hundred fifty people out there. Uh, fixing wind turbines. So, to answer your question, you know, wind is uh, wind turbines or renewables are certainly a big focus. It's our largest division today. We've recently started um, a business. We're going. We're looking to manufacture and supply specialty fasteners for the aerospace industry. So, over the past three or four years, we've been investing in R and D. We've got about twenty four, twenty five patents now filed in that market, in that area, in that market space. I should say. And we're very excited about that uh, as we're, we're trying to launch those products into the market. Uh, we also have a, a telecom industry. It's very similar to wind. We were in the the renewables business and and a large player in telecom came to us and said, "We see what you're doing over there. Could you do that for us?" and And so we opened up a started a telecom. And that's really how we've grown our portfolio businesses. It's, it, we thought we were going to go out and acquire them, and, and it's all been really organic.
0: Our next sponsor is FMX. FMX is a computerized maintenance management system that helps organizations accelerate their operational success. And FMX enables you to streamline processes, increase asset productivity, and turn actionable insights into meaningful results. If you'd like to learn more, check them out at their website, GoFMX.com. That's G-O-F-M-X dot com. The Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is a local nonprofit that's committed to helping their partners build upon their strengths. They turn visions of what if into sustainable resources for the community.
1: When you made the jump from being employed, like you said, you wanted to work for yourself. So when you made that jump, were you still working when you began being an entrepreneur, or was that like a hard cutoff?
3: It was a a jump. It was a hard cutoff.
1: See, I think when you're saying, you know, you didn't find opportunity, didn't find opportunity. I think in my experience, at least once you cut off that faucet or there's no plan B, then not only do those opportunities pop up, but then you have to make it work. So I think if anybody listening is like, oh man, I, you know, I just haven't found the right opportunity. It's never going to find the right opportunity. You got to cut off. You got to move out of your parents' house. You got to do whatever, you know, or maybe move (laughs) back into your parents' house, you know, sell the Lambo or whatever, but you gotta, you gotta have that thing. So I think from what I'm understanding from your story is that you, once you forced it and you're like, okay, we have to swim now. I think that's a big thing. I agree.
3: I, I, it's also a mindset. I mean, oh, you're out sure. there mm-hmm. and and you're struggling to get this new business off the ground and make it successful and profitable and all those sort of things. So your your mind is very open to any opportunities that come along.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. in
3: the corporate world you're not, you know, you just you're kind of in your in your row, you're doing your thing and and you're not really looking around and saying, "Well, how do they do that, or what? How do? Why don't they do this? And, mm-hmm. and when it's when it's your business, and you're trying to get this thing, you're trying to find revenue any way you can. You're 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 taking all those things uh, into consideration. You I know, you yeah. go down a lot of rat holes. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. I mean, and we have. We'll go down and try try oper- try businesses out or try these markets out, and some of them don't work. But if you don't put that foot in the water, you don't know what temperature it is, and you just got to do it like
2: that. Um, so there's, there's two things here that come to mind. The one, the whole burn the ships philosophy. I don't know if you have have ever heard the story of Cortez and the Aztecs where um, I'm going to mess it all up because I'm not good at history. But anyways, they mm-hmm. land on some land and they're trying to steal some gold. And then the person leading the crew tells them to burn their ships because they're not going home. They're going home in the other people's ships. And it's kind of uh, a strong analogy to what you're saying, yeah. but then also in life in general. I mean, one thing that i found interesting though, is that focus is also a huge aspect for me. And I'd be curious to hear you know, from your experience and, uh, Tim, from your experience as well in starting businesses, because even if you have the time, if you're spreading your focus too far, whether it's multiple businesses or whoever you are, you, you have to learn how much focus you can dedicate to certain things, but without that focus and really be honing in, like, I mean, I'll be thinking about our business that we're in right now and just random times and clever ideas will come to mind. But if I was focused on too many things, I wouldn't get those, you know? Right. So as you guys are going down those different roads and you're taking these different options, how are you coming up with these new business avenues that you're going to go down?
3: Well, again, I'll come back to, we've got really good people in these different divisions. Uh, first of all, I've got two fantastic partners that we've been working together since 2006. And, you know, we I think we've done a really good job of dividing and conquering. You know, each person has their role in the organization as far as, you know, the, the divisions they're working on or the business units they're leading. But then, you know, Underneath us, we've got business managers or partners in some of these divisions as well, and and so that gives us a little more freedom. As a result of that, as, as we've grown, it gives us a little more freedom to I don't want to say bungee in and out, but you, but you can kind of look at the different businesses and look for opportunities and 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 evaluate things like that. So that that you know, having good again, having good people around you is so critical.
1: Yeah, being able to send somebody out on a project and know that they're going to just do that yeah. is I, I I don't think I've had a better peace or comfort because you've experienced so many people that you're like, what, like what? Like they come back to you and you're like, how, how did you, or why is this, you know, but if right. you can right. send somebody out and I'm experienced that with this new company, there's like people who are responsible for stuff and you don't have to worry about, you're just like, okay, cool. You do that. I'll do this. And at the end, we put it together. I think it goes back to what you're saying with with the yeah. right people, yeah. but also learning that trust and then uh, everybody pulling their weight.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, as as you grow, you can't micromanage. Oh, for sure. You just can't micromanage. And you know, one of the things I tell a lot of people when I'm hiring them is like, look, if, if we got to micromanage you, I'm making a bad hire mm-hmm. because I, we, I just don't have the time. Yeah. And and you make a great point. I mean, when, when people have responsibilities and roles to accomplish, you got to count on them to be able to do it. You got to give them the tools and the resources and the training and all the things to be successful. But once you give it to them, you, you need to rely on them and let them do their job.
0: Hey there, conquerors! We want to take a quick moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Studio 301. Kyle and his team have helped us redesign our website, taking the podcast in a new direction that we truly love. And we have some incredible guests. Here on the show. And Studio 301 has given us a website that reflects the caliber of the people to join us.
2: And the Studio 301 team can help you with everything from brand strategy and redesigns to market research, videography, social media overhauls, and a whole lot more. You can go check them out at Studio 301.org. That's Studio 301.org.
1: There's... Something that you can learn when you're in your position, and you can look for other people. Maybe they they failed. Some people look at an entrepreneur, or, or I hate that word, but it's un- well understood of somebody who tried something and failed, right? Yeah. But you see that that thing in them, they have that. Maybe they just did something wrong, but you know that mindset's in there. Like for me, I just took a, my first job in my like my first real job in my entire life. But when they, when I met with the people who hired me, they saw like, oh, this guy has paid his own, you know, when I was ordering my computer, I remember there was two color options. One would match my computer. The other one was $29 cheaper and it did match my computer. And I, in the meeting was like, that's like eight, it was two things. I was like, that's like eight Chipotle burritos. And they <laughs> laughed, but that mentality, cause you've been grinding your whole time. So when you buy the plane ticket, you buy the one that's most efficient. You don't, and that's the difference between somebody who works for somebody. They just want it's not my money, so it doesn't matter. But if you have the mindset of it's our money, this is I'm a part of this company, yeah. and if you can find people like that, they may have failed in their other stuff. So their resume might be like fail, 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 fail. But if you plug them into the role and let them be a B or like a C when they want when they were trying to be six A's, you know that may have been why they failed. Right. And so I think you're you just can you just nailed it. That and when you said about the uh, the brand recognition, that's not something you can work around. You know, like no. it, there's a bunch of companies that come to mind when you say that that have rebranded over the years in fashion, like Champion and Fila and these companies that are kind of reemerged. But, you know, starting a company versus taking one of those on, I think that was brilliant by your part too, saying, we don't have to do this work now. We just have to fix it. They already know it. So they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, I remember them versus who's this? I've never heard of you.
3: Yeah. That, that's a great point. And that was really critical to getting that that business turned around is having that brand name. Because
1: mm-hmm. people don't, people say, oh, I've never heard of it. You never heard of anything until you've heard of it. So right. that excuse just doesn't make any sense to me, but you already were past that barrier. That was, that was, uh, seems like a really good move on your, on your part.
2: There's this entrepreneurial mindset. I think that the best companies bring employees that have that philosophy and that approach to life and work mm-hmm. and the ability to, you know, I think some people come into work and they say, how much is, is this company going to give me today and there's mm-hmm. other people that say how much can i give this company and i know that on the back end at some point i'm going to get mine in return yeah. yeah you know not everybody comes with that
3: same mindset that's exactly right
0: and it's tough to figure out early on in interviews i guess the one thing that i've always thought about is how do you find that person in an interview when you're looking for people because anybody you know josh and i've talked about this a lot anybody can fake it in an interview heck you could fake it for two three weeks but eventually it comes out. And how do you figure out that out before hiring somebody? It's, it's just always a question that's really bothered me. And, and I, it's hard to answer. If you
1: figure that out, you'll make a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of people looking for that answer. Right.
2: I think that's a, that fire quick mentality to some. I mean, it sounds ruthless. and I mean, But it's like, yeah, like you said, anybody can fake something for a day, a week, a month, a year. But two years, three years, you know, at some right. point they're going to break and they're going to show their true characters. That's right. And at which point you fire them, you know. Right. If their true characters are bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. right. Well, hopefully they're not around for a year. If, they, if they're fine, you know, they don't have the character like for you said, it, a
2: hole's
1: better than an asshole, man. That's right. Got to get rid right. of it
0: right quick. That's
1: going to the title of the episode. But
3: I will tell you that that is, it's it's easy to say. It's not easy to do sometimes mm-hmm. because, oh, yeah. you, you know, you get into these small businesses and you don't have a lot of employees, right, in the early days. And some people may, you feel at the time, is like, oh, we can't lose this person. He's critical, Right. But you know they're really not accomplishing what you need them to do, and and I will tell you that it's something it's hard to sometimes cut that cord, but when you do, you'll never regret it. As, yeah, look at it, the it, Cowboys and the Bengals. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. learned that lesson so many times. Is is yeah, we you tend to hang on to people too long mm-hmm. that you shouldn't, and you, do you think you can fix them? Or You think yeah. they're going to change? And my you know, my one partner always says that zebra not the stripes on that zebra is not going to change, and mm-hmm. that's so true. Mm-hmm. So,
2: so we've gone through a lot. We talked about, you know, uh, your path. We talked about acquiring the business. We talked about where the business is at today, the goals of the future. Um, as we wrap up, you know, one of the, one of the questions, final questions that we ask is around the theme on the show, which is live uncomfortably. And, uh, we usually don't tell too much about why Mike and I chose it or, you know, what it relates to in our lives, but curious to hear, how does it relate to your life and your career and what thoughts come to your mind when you hear it live uncomfortably live
3: uncomfortably, you know, when I hear that, I guess it, in my mind it means you're you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're trying things new. You're willing to take some chances and some risk along the way. You, you want to take calculated risk. You want to do your homework, uh, but you can't be afraid to fail. Uh, we have, like I said, we've gone down a lot of rat holes and and they failed, but we've also gone down a lot of holes that ended up with a pot of gold at the end. So you 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 got to have. If you want to do this, you you you, you got to be open minded. You got to be willing to take some chances, and you got yeah, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Do things that you wouldn't normally do, uh, and try different things that you wouldn't normally try.
2: You can go down holes, just make sure they're
0: not. Yeah, we have been we have been
3: talking about <laughs> a up. lot
0: of holes on this episode, <laughs> but, uh, Todd. I think that's a great place to wrap up.
3: Any last advice for the people of Columbus, our listeners? Just if if you have that desire, pursue it. Because you won't regret it. Don't be afraid of failure. Do your homework up front. But once you feel like you've figured it out, go for it.
0: That's great advice, Todd. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and share your story on Conquering Columbus. Thank you. All right, and Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We will talk to you next week.